I want you to go to Luke's Gospel, the 24th chapter and the 49th verse. And these are the famous last words of Jesus to his disciples. And it was a statement about what he was about to do for the, uh, the early church and then for those who were near and then those who are far off, that would be the people 2,000 years later in the category we're in. And uh, it says in verse 20, uh, chapter 24, verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And I love that. And then in verse 49, it says, and behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my father upon you. I'm sending forth the promise of my father upon you. And uh, that would be reference to the Holy Spirit, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Did you hear that? Everybody say clothed with power from on high. I put this sport coat on to come to church and, uh, you know, it's the, the, the weather is, it's autumn here in Missouri and it's, you know, it was 80 degrees and now it's going to be 51 degrees, you know, and, and it just goes that way. So you, you have your you have your skate, skateboard shorts and your puffer jacket always on hand, right? And, uh, and you just live ready. Everybody say live ready. Well, this is a statement of readiness from Jesus. And he's saying to the early church, don't go just yet until you get the next phase of things. So he came to suffer and die to eradicate the sin condition for people that would believe in him and set them free and make them new creations. God sent Jesus on a rescue mission to save us from our sins and to establish the church. And then Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to clothe us with power from on high. Uh, Boy, that's good. So let's go to Acts chapter 1 now. Just go past John and go right to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 and verse 5. He says um, they were gathered together and he was commanding them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Verse 4, which he said, you heard of from me. Remember, he said that in the book of Luke, and then he's reminding them, just don't go, just just be patient, Get, get the next phase of things. So then in verse 5, he says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Well, that's breathtakingly wonderful right there. And then they started asking him questions about the end times and this and that. He said, really, verse 7, it's not for you to have all that figured out and know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. It's good to know uh, what they call eschatology, end time teaching and to kind of see the variety of it and try to hone in on what your conclusions are, what you believe in the scriptures. Jesus is coming back. I believe in a rapture before the tribulation and then a second coming. That's my belief. And uh, a catching up of the saints. And uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be without any kind of indicator. It's going to be thief in the night type of stuff. When Jesus comes back... (laughs) It's going to have indication, and um, he's going to come, and he's going to reign, and it's going to be really, really better than it is now. It's going to be better than it is now. 
But verse, verse 80 says, listen to this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Remember he said clothed with power from on high. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even the remotest parts of the earth. So that's a pretty powerful reiteration of what he said in Luke. He reiterated it in verse and he said, stay in Jerusalem. Remember, you're going to receive the promise of the Father, what the Father had promised. So what did the Father promise? He promised that we, the, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Now, this is without dispute in uh, most of Christianity, um, that, that the early church was absolutely endowed with the supernatural. And if you go to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature in all creation. And uh, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that doesn't believe will be condemned. Uh, and, and then he says, uh, and, the, and the Lord went with them and confirmed the word with signs following. And... Um, in Luke 24:46 he said to them thus it is written and that and the Christ would suffer and rise from again from the dead the third day and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem so Jerusalem was a big deal and Jerusalem still is a big deal did you notice it's like the epicenter of things you are witnesses of these things. John 21, 17 says, do you love me? He said, tend my sheep. So that's why I'm here, and that's what I'm doing. I want to make sure I get the word into you guys so you're tended to properly. And the great commission is to go into all the world. The great commandment is to love God, love our neighbor as ourselves. And the great equipping is you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I believe in a, an empowered church. And in my Christian experience, when I was 16 years old, uh, I was invited to a church where they absolutely believed what I'm teaching today. And they led me to the Lord. I, I, I accepted Jesus Christ and was my Lord and Savior, and I repented, and I had an encounter with God and a new birth experience. And then within moments, they laid hands on me and prayed for me, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I immediately spoke in tongues, not really knowing what I was doing. I walked away, and it was like, it wasn't based on teaching. It wasn't based on precedence or experience. I had never even been exposed to it. I didn't even know what it was. I later on studied the scriptures and found out what biblically happened to me, uh, and uh, I've been at it ever since. Paul the Apostle said, I thank God I speak in tongues. And uh, it's a controversial subject. One time I was in a uh, a business, one of these meetings here in, Saint, in, in Chesterfield, and I was with uh, Richard Rabko, who was in, he was for a while in charge of the uh, uh, Spirit Airport, and then at that point he was in charge of uh, Lambert Airport. And I was also with a guy named, I think his name was, uh, he was a, a, the guy from the zoo, an important guy from the zoo. Uh, it wasn't Marlon Perkins, it was another guy. But we were sitting there eating, and and, and, and one of them, and he said to me, you know, I get this born again thing, but I don't get speaking in tongues. And I said, oh, he said, do you speak in tongues? And I went, yes, I do. And the, the zoo guy went, so it was like, 
you know, uh, make your, it'll, it'll turn some heads, but um, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, yeah, um, my wife is obviously, uh, she's bought into it, but um, it says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should. Uh, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. We don't know, like when we see the news cycle, like what's going on in Maine or in in Israel or in, 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 in years ago in Uganda or Rwanda or Kosovo or the Watts riots that I, I was a young child living just miles away from, or, or, or all the crazy stuff going on in the world. Well, how do we pray? What, what did the elders pray when the, us teenagers were drifting into to the to counterculture in the 60s and 70s? What did they pray that gripped my heart and pulled me out of the pit, out of darkness, helped me to bypass cultic stuff and land on basic, solid, biblical teaching. It was, how did they pray? The the Holy Spirit was motivating people to pray. And and I'm going to talk a little bit about praying in the Spirit. But but what I'm teaching on is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 14, where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth. And he's saying, listen, um, you are an empowered people. And you're learning, you're developing, you're growing. And God has these gifts for us. Let's go to that, in fact. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, first of all, chapter 12. And we're going to read in verse 1, chapter 12, verse 1. It says, uh, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Other translations say ignorant, uninformed, ill-informed, misinformed. Uh, so we need to get good information on this. And I'm spending some time. I'm prepared to spend some time on this because I'm mandated to tend the lambs and feed the sheep. And I want to kind of lay a biblical foundation for this. There's some that are adamantly opposed to what I'm saying here. And, and I love them. That's their right. I, I honor them as, as studious Christians, but I disagree with their conclusions. And I agree to disagree agreeably because I'm so convinced that these gifts are still for today. And, uh, you know, the, commission, the Great Commission is still upon us. Why would he then pull away the empowerment for it? He said, you shall receive power to be my witnesses. It's, it, it's, it's important that we get this. Let, let, let me give you a, a story right out of our lives. And, and we're, we've already had quite a, a night, and, and it's been very rich, and I want to just be thorough with my teaching, but I want to share a testimony about the, the, the gifts of the Spirit concerning the things of the Spirit. Um, I, I, on our day off, we, I went to, uh, uh, I like to go to these uh, vintage stores and, and, and look around and see if I, there's, I'm very specific about what I'm after cool, like little treasure hunting things. And I'll go to an antique mall or something like that. I'll just walk through. You know, everybody's hovering around stuff and I'm looking around with my peripheral vision. I, I, I've got like a, I, 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 you know, I think I'm awesome at, at doing it, you know. So, you know. And, uh, and I could just look and, you know, I just scan it, you know, and I, and, and, and I just walk right through. And, uh, 
<laughs> so I, I walked through this place. And I didn't find anything. So I walked out, and uh, I got in the car. And my wife said, why don't we, we were parked in front of this, uh, this uh, shop. And she said, why don't we go in there and get the snack? So I said, I, th- I think that's a good idea. We hadn't had lunch for a while. We are going to go. So w- it was good. So we went in there, and nobody was in the building. We walked in, and it was all clean and nice and beautiful. And, and, uh, and at, the, at the end of the, the, the hall, the door opens up, and the guy's in the restroom. He goes, I'll be right out. And he closes the door, and it was like, all right. So he comes out, and he, and he comes over, and he washes his hands in the sink right in front of us, not in the sink in the bathroom, to let us know he washed his hands, which was smart. And he's a very tall man, and I just, and I was breaking the ice with him, and and uh, as we were ordering, and I said, how many times a week do you get asked how tall you are? And he looked up at me, and he smiled. I said, I don't want to be, you know, rude. But, so I, and I didn't know how he was going to react. And he said, at least once a week. And my wife said, you're 6'5". And he smiled and said, 6'6". Six, six. And, uh, and so game on. We're just having a good rapport with him. And, and uh, he, he begins to share that he bought this place, and he owns the, the franchise. And we're saying, wow, you know, you do that after a pandemic and you're stepping out and it's, it's like a big deal, you know, so we're commending him for it. And, and, um, we had a really good flow with him and we talked about different things and, and, uh, he was expressing appreciation about his life. And then, you know, he wants to give back to the, to the young people. And, you know, it's just a really good thing. We went away really lifted and we, and we prayed for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we prayed for him right then. Nobody else was there, so we prayed for him in the store, and he was receptive to it. And then I, warned, I on the way out, I said, hey, we'll bring back our kids and our grandkids. And he was like, great. And I said, it'll be loud and messy, but it'll be good. And he said, all right, bring it on. So there's that. And I'm talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm talking about listening to and flowing with God in our daily lives, okay? So a couple days later, my wife had a dental appointment. And I wanted to go with her to support her, so I went there and we, we met. And I know the guy; he's a great dentist, and we actually have been in there for a bit. So we went in, and we were. Um, I, I she forgot her reader, so she had me fill out the paperwork on both sides. I'm just saying. Anyway, so so there's a new there's a new. Uh, assistant there, you know, working, and my wife says to her, you know, you're, you're just really pleasant. You're just a pleasant person. You are so sweet. And she said, it's because I'm from North Carolina. And then she, my wife said, do you think that's what you'd attribute it to? She said, yeah. And I said, is it the golden rule? And she went, yeah. And then we, then we started just edging our way into talking about Jesus. And so then we found out, she said, and my wife said, how did you get this job? And she said it was on Redid or Indeed, whatever. What is it? All right. It worked for her. It obviously wouldn't work for me. But so she says, uh, yeah, yeah. And then she said, well, no, my husband moved up here for business. He's in the ice cream business. He bought this particular uh, franchise. I said, is your husband Steve? And she went, yeah. We said, we've been praying for Steve for two days. She burst into tears. So 
she went down the hall to tell the other receptionist or the other uh, hygienist, and she started crying. So they came in crying, and the, the doctor's going, you know, he's got his, his, his mask on, and he's got his light, and he's got his coat, and he's like, and it's like, we're having church in there. And, and it's like, we love Steve, you know, and we've been praying for him. And, and I told her what we prayed, and uh, she was really appreciative of it. We prayed, yeah, we, we prayed, we picked up on it when we were with him, then we prayed for him in the car when we drove away, then we prayed for him while we were fasting and praying at church on Tuesday. My point is, God doesn't want us to be ignorant of the promise that the Father was going to give. And Joel's prophecy, chapter 2, he said that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. The reason that verse comes alive to Christians is because Peter re-preached that in Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 for a minute because we, we've, we're stuck with them waiting in Jerusalem to be filled with power from on high, right? So let's go to Acts chapter 2. It says there were 120 gathered in an upper room that they rented. And verse 15, it says that Mary and others, women, men, brothers, and his brothers, there were 120 in total, and that the scripture might be filled, which the Holy Spirit foretold uh, out of the mouth of David and so forth. And then it goes into chapter 2, and it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, this was a festival of the Jews, They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a rushing, violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And so, finally, this is the promise of the Father. You shall receive power. You will be clothed with power from on high. And remember, the main reason for it, the purpose for it, was so that they would be witnesses. That's what happened to us when I went to the... uh, the secondhand store, and I'm going to use this from now on with my wife. Hey, remember how the Holy Spirit used this, right? And uh, he does. I mean, I've had some ama- I mean, I've had some amazing, I ran into Starsky of Starsky and Hutch at one of those places. I mean, it's like, you, you, you can't, I mean, the Holy Spirit will lead you, man, right to Starsky. Star- Star- Starsky? Yeah, Starsky. <clears throat> and, uh, This is a wonderful potential that's available to the entire church. A clothing of power from on high where God will put you over. And and I think this is why Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues. Because I'm convinced that when you pray in the Spirit, it will help you and me and us to sidestep trouble and it will empower us for unusual strategic advancement. I'll repeat that. Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, is mysterious and it's edifying, but it helps us to sidestep trouble. It helps us to be sensitized to the Holy Spirit, and it empowers us for unusual strategic advancement. So uh, how many of you would like to have some strategic advancement? And uh, how many of you like to sidestep trouble? Even more of you. See, I think we should, I think we should crave breakthrough and advancement. And in fact, I believe this is part of why 2023 for us is to be a year of, of achievement, of accomplishment, advancement, and fruitfulness. 
And I'm actually believing God that this last quarter is going to be 10,000 times more fruitful than the preceding uh, several months. I'm believing God for the rest of October, November, and December for you as individuals, for us as a church. I'm think believing for this for myself, for my family, for all of us. Breakthrough. I'm believing God for wisdom on the leaders of our country. I'm believing God for the, the wisdom for the leaders all over the world. We need to pray for those in authority over us. First Timothy chapter two, and and we're to pray in the spirit. We're to pray for on behalf of all the saints. I, I deeply appreciate the body of Christ and the, the, the believers all around the planet. And uh, I, want, I want to make sure they're all doing great. None of them skin their knees. Everybody's staying solid and going forward in power. And he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So my goal tonight is to tend to the lambs and feed the sheep. And uh, with an inspired and anointed teaching concerning the gifts of the Spirit. True praise and worship. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I sense the presence of God as they were leading us in song. And those songs were faith builders. They, those songs were Jesus-centered. They made me think about him and made me appreciate him. And, and the Bible says when you speak in tongues, you give thanks well. And there's so I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep bringing this to you because I am so convinced this is for every believer. It's not just for the early church. A, a lot of people, the, the, so one, of the, one of the arguments, the theories they have about it passing is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it says, um, in verse 8, it says, Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. Now, people get stuck on that and say, well, that was for yesterday. It's not for today. If, if there is knowledge, it will be done away. We still have knowledge. This is actually referencing the word of knowledge. It's available for us today still. For We know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. Now, in another place, Paul says right that we look through a glass dimly. So we're not there yet. And uh, in, in fact, some people think that when the scripture was canonized and we had the completed Genesis to Revelation account, that that was perfection. No, it, the Bible is solid and believable and trustworthy and, 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 and a faithful guide for life and conduct. But this is talking about the consummation of the age, the end of the church age, when Jesus comes back. And that hasn't happened yet. So this, the, these gifts, the nine gifts of the Spirit, can I tell you what they are? Word of wisdom, where God reveals something to us. Word of knowledge, reveals something to us. Gift of faith which is a passive receiving of a miracle, gifts of healing, where we see manifestations of the healing power of God, working of miracles, the miraculous, the supernatural. All this is supernatural. Prophecy, my wife prophesied tonight, telling forth uh, something that God is saying. Discerning of spirits where you perceive. Like, for example, I perceived something about Steve when I saw him, when I talked to him. She perceived something about that lady and she had a mask on she was sitting behind her and when she said that I thought wow you know because I was busy filling out her papers and I had an attitude about it <laughs> so there wasn't a real heavy anointing on me at that moment right I'm like but she's flowing in the spirit over there you're so what did you say 
Yeah. And, and, it, and it blessed her. It was, a, it was a nice compliment. And she wasn't buttering her up, and there was, you know, was, she wasn't flattering her up. But it was, and it, as it turned out, God was prompting her. In fact, we were discerning something. It may possibly, there was a discerning of spirits. It's like God brought this couple, and here they are. She's pregnant. They have two kids. Maybe they're watching. I don't know. But it's beautiful. I mean, I mean, it was holy. It, was, it, was, it fascinated the whole the office, including the doctor. It was like we had this, we're there and minding our own business on our workaday deal, and the Holy Spirit is moving in this situation just to bring blessing to this couple, just to kind of bring a little nudge of encouragement to them. And uh, God had us pray for him like he was a member of our church. It was like we, we were standing and believing God, calling him, and we, and we knew, found his name, you know. It's easy to remember because my son-in-law is Steve. So um, it, it was fascinating. And, and um, there's more of this for all of us. You know, the, the Bible says in Romans 8, it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It's part and parcel of our sonship or our daughtership. It's when we're, when we're fathered by God in the new birth, there are certain supernatural awarenesses that transpire. That Look, getting saved, it takes faith and it's supernatural. You're born again. You know, you're not just embracing theory and you're a religious person with religious inclinations and you embrace the Judeo-Christian model. No, you're a new creation. Your sins are forgiven and you're made brand new and you're made alive. It's like better than defibrillator paddles, better than CPR. You, you are transformed. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now he's made you alive and you're alive in Christ. That's radical. Why not embrace these gifts and trust God? for prophetic utterance and trust God for the word of knowledge and, 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 and really come to terms with this. Remember, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, unaware, ill-informed, misinformed. So what I want to say about this, these gifts have not passed away with the apostles. Some people think in Acts chapter 8, when Philip was preaching and people got saved, um, they called Peter and John to come lay hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So some people theorize that we'll see the only, the only way people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the early church was through the laying on of hands of the apostles. Now, if that were true, then we wouldn't see any indicator in the scriptures of a layman laying hands on people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But in fact, Saul of Tarsus had a layman, Ananias, lay his hands on him and later on in the book of Acts, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's not just the age of the apostles and an apostolic thing of the early church and that it ended uh, with the canonizing of Scripture. No, because the, the, the commission to reach in this end-time hour, it's, I, if, I, if I were the devil, I would try to eradicate this amazing provision out of the church to try to take that clothing of power off the church so we're just having to lean on our own resources and try to do things on our own power. And we would have aspects of the Holy Spirit because you have to have the Holy Spirit to be saved. But there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit that is, is different from and subsequent to, which means later on after salvation. In my case, it was a few milliseconds. I got saved and then they laid hands on me and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues and I went, walked away and went, what just happened to me? 
Now, my wife, she was raised in a godly church that taught about salvation and gave her heart to Jesus as a young person. But it wasn't until after college that she had an encounter with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that's when we met, and hallelujah. <laughs> so we tag-teamed at the, you know, the ice cream place and then at the dentist, which is funny. Don't they kind of work together? I just thought of that. I just thought of that. We're flowing. One leads to the other. And that may, may or may not mean something to you, but I'll venture to guess you guys have had these kinds of things happen in your life over and over and over again. And the Lord wants to manifest himself to you and through you in, uh, in amazing ways. And the reason I'm teaching this is, I mean, we're to be a spirit-filled church, and of course, I'm considering services, and in fact, Paul is actually teaching in these chapters, and we'll get to this in the upcoming Fridays, about uh, these gifts operating in church services. And he actually was having to correct them because they were out of order in the church services, and it was getting out of line, and, and he said, let all things be done in decency and order. Things should be done, but they should be done in decency and in order. So I'm trying to bring these things to bear and really communicate this thoroughly in case you have some misnomers or misunderstanding about this stuff and you can work through it. Hello? Uh, So (laughs) it's Steve. He's bringing ice cream. All right. Uh, So let's look at at 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, I'm just on a flow here and I appreciate you guys the way you're listening. It says, pursue love and yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And uh, so this is something we should not, it's not off-putting. It's an invitation for us to actually desire these things, you know, and, and, and which then would mean these gifts are desirable, right? These, these gifts are desirable. These are good things. And the devil would try to make it like, you don't want to be a flake. You don't want to be a creep. You don't want to be off. We don't want to be any of those things. We don't want to be wild-eyed fanatics. We don't want to be unbiblical. Absolutely, we don't want to miss the mark in our interpretation of the scriptures. But I mean, this is rock solid. This is solid. The evidence is clear. And you can read the book of Acts and just see how um, the, the, what was it, the Ephesians, they got saved. And then later on, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, which shows that absolutely, biblically, it's a distinct and separate uh, action from heaven. So that was the case with the early church. They were waiting in the upper room. Um, you know, while we were in, we went to an upper room in Jerusalem on a, a visit with a tour, and there was a guy sojourning, and he went to the upper room because he thought that's where he had to go to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we prayed for him, and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He may still think you got to go to Jerusalem, but he actually got it in Jerusalem. He was laid out on the floor. We prayed for him. Remember that guy? Yeah, it's like, okay, we'll pray for you. And, uh, but we don't, thankfully, we don't have to go to Jerusalem. You can get it right here, right now. And, um, and, it, and actually, the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. In the Hebrew, he's the Ruach Kodesh. He's the, he, he's, the, he's the producer of what they call the Shekinah glory. 
He manifests himself. I sensed his presence while we were worshiping God. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, It's fascinating knowing God and walking with God. And just to my point, and I'm bringing this, I've got testimonies from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago that are absolutely amazing. But this thing with this, this moment with Steve and his wife, and it just, it just brings it right up to now. It brings it also into, I hope, practical accessibility to you so you can say, you know, I want to, I'm going to pray, I'm going to get filled with whatever thing God has for me. And and if if praying in tongues is a means God gave us to bypass our finite limited thinking and also something the devil can't really understand, then that's pretty strategic. That's, that's like a secret weapon. And, and in fact, that's what I believe it is. And uh, so you know, I'm out of time now, but eventually I'm going to talk about the difference between the function of tongues and interpretation in a church service and just the devotional prayer life of praying in other tongues. And some people read, well, not all speak in tongues. That's talking at the end of chapter 12, and I'm just beginning to scratch the surface of this. But there's distinction about ministry gifts and the gifts of the Spirit. And so we're seeing distinction here, and I'm going to have to really lay this out. Um, for some of you, it's just I'm just refreshing your memory and, and, and encouraging you in your doctrine. But for some of you that maybe have just been apprehensive about some of this, it'll help you to uh, grow and learn and study for yourself. Take what I you know, take what I share, but then go read it for yourself. Get this for yourself. Really seek the Lord about it. And, um, and it'll, be, it'll be clothing with power from on high. Say it with me. Clothing with power from on high. So um, I'm just, you know, eventually we're going we're gonna to just keep pressing into this so that you can get in on this additional, substantial blessing that will... It'll, it'll show up in your business decisions. It'll show up in your relationships. Uh, it'll help you in the nuances of your Christian faith. It, I mean, you'll be, you'll be alone and, you know, things will come to you. It's just not in your own conjuring of your own imagination or the influences of information or knowledge around you that's distinct. It's a prompting of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it, 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 it's... You know, God made us holistic beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. And, and the body, the language of the body of the five physical senses, you know, the, the, the language of the soul is your intellect, your mind, your emotions, your will. And, and the spirit, God is spirit. And uh, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I think you can sense, I'm not trying to advocate spookiness, flakiness, carnival atmosphere this stuff in fact is so important and so pure and so holy and so beautiful and so god-shaped we got to get it right and i see why some people get you know they get dismissive when they see flaky stuff in action and in fact paul had to deal with some flaky stuff in corinth 
Um, and he had to say, come on, guys, you need to curb this and, and, and work. But he said, man, I thank my God I speak in tongues. I, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he wasn't like boasting, like I pray more in tongues more than, than you did. He's saying, look, I get it. It's, it's super valuable. But you guys just have to be balanced. Now, on the other hand, balance isn't, well, it's not for me. That's for somebody else. And I believe in it, but not for me. Listen, it's a supernatural gift. And in fact, it's not everything, but it is really important. It's a gateway step into these other aspects of the gifts of the Spirit. And we're to covet them and desire them and not be unaware of them or ignorant about them. Let's all stand up on our feet. Boy, I did... I got it done at 9.03. I did pretty good. I want you to look at somebody next to you and say, man, I'm glad you're standing by me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love toward us, for us. God, I praise you and thank you that because of what Jesus brings us, we have hope. We have hope as the anchor for our souls. Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. And God, we've come into this house to spend some time with you, to fellowship with others, to build up our faith. And God, I pray for the people watching online. They get something terrific in their spirits. God, I pray that there will be engagement with these things and people will learn about this and grow in this. And I pray you help me to convey what I need to convey to help this church to go to the next level of what you call us to do, that the last quarter of 2023 will be the most fruitful we've ever had in all our preceding months. God, I give you thanks for it and give you praise. Can we close with a song?